West Bowles, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, um, now we're a couple weeks out from Christmas. I, I'm looking back on Christmas and uh, I had this realization. I realized that um, I, I, I used to get really, really giddy over kids' toys at Christmas. And I've realized I'm still really, really, really giddy over kids' toys at Christmas. Not because my kids are going to enjoy them, but because I'm going to enjoy them. Uh, there's one toy that our children got for Christmas that um, it's just been a staple of growing up for me. Legos. Legos. I mean, they've been there and been there and been there. And um, I used to get excited over the Lego truck or the Lego airplane or the Lego space shuttle. Now, if it's Legos, I'm excited. And so our six-year-old, True, she got like princess pony party Legos. And I was like, we've hit the lottery. I mean, it's, this is going to be awesome. And so you can imagine how I felt a day or two after Christmas when our nine-year-old Lainey came to me and she said, Dad, will you build my Lego set with me? And this was like the Lego food market. And I said, yes, I will. And so we cleared off the table and we're getting all the Legos out. And this is, this is Nathan's method of doing Legos. You set the box in front of you, you look at the picture on the box and you start building. And so I'm building away and suddenly Lainey said, um, hey dad, do you think you want these? And she was holding in her hand something I have never seen before. Lego instructions. And I went, oh, child. Your dad doesn't need Lego instructions. Threw them over my shoulder. Kept building. And then we got done. And she said, um, dad, what do we do with these other, like, 20 pieces that are laying here? And I was like, oh, child. Those are for people who need extra pieces. What I've done is I've built a more efficient Lego food market. So I went to bed that night, and I was laying there just going, you did it again, Nathan. That was legendary, legendary, legendary job of building Legos. And I woke up the next morning, and I came downstairs, and it was dark. And I was reminded that God gave us feet for really two reasons, okay? One is to stand on and move places, and the other is to find Legos in the dark. And as I laid there in pain on the floor, two things dawned on me. Number one, the day my dad said was coming in my life arrived. Because I remember when he said, one day, your children are going to leave Legos out on the floor and you are going to step on them. But the other thing that I realized as I was laying there on the floor and as I looked up at my glorious, glorious job of building Legos that was now crumbling because it needed the extra pieces, Nathan, you have nobody to blame but Nathan. <laughs> and my little experience with Legos, I think, is something that we all have experienced, maybe not with Legos, but in some area of life. And that is the fruit, and it's the result of trying to do things the way I think is best. But a lot of times what happens when we try to do what, things the way we think is best, well, there's pain and there's suffering. And so it all it brought up a question for me. How do you walk through this life? Or since we're in January, how, how will we walk through 2017? And, and it's not that pain and suffering don't come, but how do you walk through it, avoiding the pain and suffering that comes from trying to do things my way and our way and the way we prefer to do things? Maybe a shorter way to ask that question is, how do we walk through this life with wisdom? How do we walk wisely through this Life. And to answer that question, I want us to just sit with one passage this morning. 
And it's one passage that, uh, as we walk through it, I want us to see three things in this passage that I think all point to one resolution. And whether you're into resolutions or not, it's one resolution that I pray that for every single one of us this morning, we would walk through not just 2017 with, but through our lives with. In that passage, if you have your Bibles, it comes out of Proverbs chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on screen. But Proverbs, many of them are attributed to a man named Solomon. He was a king in ancient Israel. And what happened with Solomon is the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the Lord said, ask anything you want and I will give it to you. And so Solomon thought on this and he thought on this. And I mean, you can imagine being in Solomon's position. You know, would you ask for riches? Would you ask for influence? I mean, you could ask anything. And Solomon came back and he said, Lord, I want a discerning heart and a heart of wisdom. And the Lord was so pleased with that response that he blessed Solomon. He said, look, there has never been anyone as wise as you on earth and there will never be anyone as wise as you on this earth. Outside of, outside of Jesus, Solomon is the wisest person to ever walk this earth. And so, Proverbs chapter 4, you have Solomon, and it's the words of a father to a son, speaking about wisdom. And early on in the chapter, Solomon says, whatever you do, get wisdom. Whatever you do, get wisdom. Though it costs everything you have, get wisdom. But we're going to pick up in verse 20, because I want us to look at about seven verses that I think point at a resolution for us to guide our lives as we walk through, again, not just 2017, but the rest of our lives. So take a look at what chapter, or chapter 4, verse 20 says. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Now, you may read that and just go, okay, yeah, yeah what's, what's next? Let's get to the meat of it. But you can't miss this part, because if you were to read Proverbs 4 all the way to this point, you, this would look a little familiar to you, because this is the third time that Solomon has said this. Now, would it, when I have to tell somebody three times something, it's usually because I don't think they understood on time number one or time number two. And I think Solomon, in all his wisdom, knows this about us. He would look at us if he was here today, and I think he'd say, the reason I'm, I'm telling you to listen is because maybe you think you know already. The reason I'm telling you to listen is because, well, maybe you think you don't need the Lego instructions. I know it's what he'd be saying to me. But he's getting at something here, that we need something that we don't currently have. And look, he goes on. Verse 21, do not let them, that's his words, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Now think about this for a minute. Think about all the different things that flow in and out of your life all day long. Okay? I mean, it's, it's status updates. It's news updates. It's social media updates. We're in, we've got relationships. We've got experiences. We've got jobs. We've got TV. We've got all kinds of media. All kinds of stuff flowing in our, into our lives. And yet Solomon says, but these words, of all the words you hear in a day, distinguish these words. And why would we do that? He tells us in the next verse. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. In other words, somebody else's social media update probably doesn't bring you a whole lot of life, does it? If anything, you go, oh, wow, I'm so happy for them, but 
What about me? But Solomon would say, no, these words, these will bring you life. And that really brings us to the first thing I want us to see in this passage, that the wisdom that we need is not already living within. It's something we have to let it in. The wisdom that we need that brings us life and health, it's not something that's already living within. We have to let it in. A few studies have been done on uh, taxi cab drivers in London. Okay, and the thing they found about these taxi cab drivers is that their brains just think and work much differently as a result of something that they have had to do to become London taxi cab drivers. See, there is an actual, an actual level of knowledge that they have to reach to become cab drivers called, it's very literally called, the knowledge. And that knowledge is a knowledge of every single street and every single building and every single landmark in London. Every single one of them. Well, if you were to look at an overhead map of the streets of London, there is no rhyme or reason to any of it because things were built at different times and, and nobody really was using a central system to build this. And so it would look like a bowl of spaghetti noodles as you look down on it. And these guys just memorize and memorize and memorize. And then they take a test that says, yes, you have the knowledge. Well, when they successfully complete that course, there's an organization in London that offers them training. It's optional, but it's basically a course in people skills because their reasoning is you've spent all this time getting to know the streets of London and gaining that knowledge. We want to help you with wisdom when it comes to dealing with the people of London. And some cab drivers take this course and they take them up on the offer and some don't. And what they've found are the ones that have taken the course well, they're the ones who stay in the job. And they're the ones who actually enjoy their job. But the ones who don't take up this offer of outside wisdom, well, a lot of times they move on to a new career after spending all that time. And I thought, there it is. That's what we do. We think we know and we think we have everything we need. And yet Solomon would say, no, 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 listen up. You need this wisdom. It's not already within you. You have to let it in you. But Solomon also recognized in all his wisdom that we do. We let a lot of things into our lives and not necessarily beneficial things. And I think that's why he says what he says next. Look at verse 23. Above all else. Above all else. I mean, those three words are real easy to move past. But above all else. That means priority number one. That means of your list of resolutions, whatever number one is, put this above it. Make this number one. This should be the heading of the page. Above all else. Above all else do what? He tells us, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. See, I personally, I guard a lot of things. And if I go to Chick-fil-A and I've got waffle fries and nuggets, I guard those, right? We all do. Every single time somebody tries, but I'm good, all right? So, but we guard a lot of things. We guard our families. There are people who guard our country. I uh, just personally, we, we have rabbits that like to invade our lawn. I guard our lawn. I'm not going to tell you how. I don't want you to think I'm a terrible person, but we guard things, right? But what about the heart? Solomon would say, are you guarding your heart? The solution to WD-40, everybody knows what WD-40 is? Staple of every garage, every shed out there. 
The, the solution to WD-40, did you know it is locked up in a vault and it has been taken out less than five times in its 50-year history? Five times. And one-third of the solution is mixed at one factory, one-third is mixed at another factory, and one-third is mixed at a third factory. And they do this so that at any given time, nobody has the complete formula for WD-40. And then it gets sent to a central manufacturing plant. Same thing with Coca-Cola. Two executives in Coca-Cola have the recipe for Coca-Cola. The Academy Awards, did you know that up to 48 hours before they announce the winners, two people know the winners. And it's two accountants at PricewaterhouseCoopers who tally the votes by hand. That is guarding. And I think Solomon would say, guard your heart with that level of vigilance. So I think it raises a question for us this morning. That as we look ahead to 2017 and we look ahead beyond 2017, here's a question. What's coming in? What's coming in to our lives? What gets let in to my life? I mean, that can be any number of things, couldn't it? And Solomon says, guard your heart. And the reason that he says that is because it has profound, profound, profound implications for what he says next. Look at the rest of the verse. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from here. See, a lot of times we think it flows from up here in the brain. Solomon would say, no, no, no. It flows from the heart. It flows from your inner life, from what's inside of you. You want to know the condition of your heart? Well, look at what you do. You want to know where your heart is at? Think about what you say. What kind of words come out of your mouth? You want to know the condition of your heart? What kind of decisions are being made? In other words, not only what is coming into my life, but what is flowing out of my life. And that really brings us to the second observation in this passage. That whatever we let in, we will live out. Whatever we let in, we will live out. Before I, was ever, before I ever worked at a church for a living, I had a, I had a lawn business here in the area. Holy ground aerations. Because you, you aerate, you put holes in the ground. And, you know, never mind, it's not important. Okay, but... It seemed like every March, April, and May, I'd get phone calls from people. And they'd say, Nathan, I want you to come take a look at my lawn. And after a while, I realized what was coming. And so I'd go over to the house, and we'd be standing there on the lawn. And I'd say, well, what are you looking to have done? And the customer would go, okay, I want to be able to mow my grass about a half inch high. And I want the soil to be so soft that I can lay down. And it would just feel like I'm laying on a bed of jello." And I want, I want all my worries to fade away. And I thought, wow. So you want a golf course is what you want. And the truth is golf courses have a different kind of soil than the kind of soil we have here in Colorado. Because what kind of soil do we have here in Colorado? Clay. Clay, which is so useful for making sure a lawn looks nice, right? But one of the things I found myself telling people over and over and over is, if you cut your grass half an inch high, you are going to kill your lawn faster than anything because the grass is not just something that grows out of the soil. The grass is there to protect the soil. The grass is a guard. But the other question I'd ask people is, what kind of fertilizer are you putting on your lawn? 
And a lot of times the fertilizer that got put on the lawn was something designed to make the grass blades shoot up really fast and it looks good for a week, but then the lawn starts going downhill. It's because the fertilizer was focused on, it was designed for the grass blades, but not the soil. The truth is, when it, this is free lawn advice, you guys, all right? So take, take it up, all right? Actually, no, we've gotten the names of every person in here. I'll be sending you an invoice from Holy Ground Aerations, all right? But the truth is, the grass blades are a reflection of the condition of the soil. And I think Solomon, what he's getting at here, he's saying, pay attention to what comes into the soil of your heart because everything you do grows out of and flows out of that soil. Well, you read all this and you think, okay, so Solomon, what do I need to do? What, what do I need to do to, to guard the heart? And he gives us four, four examples, four things that we need to do. And I think these are so incredible, and I think these are things we need to take to heart. But the thing I noticed about these is not only are these things that protect the heart, but as we walk through these, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, these things also reflect the heart. They protect it, and they reflect it. Take a look at what Solomon says, verse 24. He says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. So I sat there and I read that and I thought, okay, so what kind of talk do I allow myself to hear and listen to? What kind of conversations, when things turn, they take a turn in a direction that maybe they shouldn't, what do I do? Do I hang around? Do I get away? And this isn't to go, hey, I'm, I'm holier than thou and I'm better. See, the reason we got to steer clear of it is because I know, I know my heart and I know my human nature. It's only a matter of time before I'm going to join in. So Solomon would say, knowing that about you, protect your heart. What do you listen to and what comes out of your mouth? Then he moves on, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And what, do you what do we see during the course of a day? What do we look at? What do we read? Are we protecting our heart by way of the eyes? And, and in terms of what comes out of us, what do we look for in other people? What kind of things do we focus on in other people? Is there hope for them or, or no? Do we, do we see opportunities for growth or is it just all bad all the time? He moves on, verse 26, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. I read that and the first question that came to mind is where do I physically spend my time? Where are my feet very, very literally taking me? Where am I spending time? Because in doing so, I may be protecting or not my heart. And I know every single teenager in here right now is like, he's right. You know what? I can't go to school anymore. I just, I, I can't. You still have to go to school, all right? But the places we choose to go, where, where do we choose for our feet to take us? Because you might be protecting your heart or you might not. And be steadfast in all your ways. You want a reflection of your heart? Are your ways steadfast? Or are we all over the map? 
Finally, verse 27. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Now, I'm just going to ask you a question because I want to make sure it's not just me. But I'm wondering if reading through those was as painful for you as it was for me. Because I read through those and I go, oh, oh, ouch. Nope, nope. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. And on the one hand, it's good to have the mirror held up. But on the other hand, I think a lot of times when we come to Scripture, we get very focused on ourselves, don't we? But don't miss why Solomon has put these commands there. And it's really the third observation. And it's simply this, that wisdom is not about a set of activities or a set of, um, what did I say, practices. (laughs) It's not about a set of practices. It's about a person. See, the practices are there to guard the activity of a person in the heart, the person of God, of Jesus Christ. That's why you guard your heart. Because if I think the practices, it's up to my ability to keep the practices, I'm going to fail. It's kind of like, it's kind of like reading this, um, these job requirements that I saw recently. This company posted for their employees, listen to this, any of the following will be grounds for immediate dismissal during your employment here. Coming in late or leaving early without permission, being unavailable at night or on the weekends, failing to meet goals, giving unsolicited advice about how to run things, taking personal phone calls during work, gossiping, misusing company property, surfing the internet for personal reasons, submitting poorly written materials, creating an atmosphere of complaint or argument, failing to respond to emails in a timely way, not showing interest in others, making mistakes, oh, okay, (laughs) and violating company policies. I read that and I go, okay, good policies, great policies. But I also read it and I go, I know I'm going to slip up. We all are going to slip up. And so when you read those things that Solomon said, yes, let's try to live those out, but it should remind us of one person. One person, the person of God, who flawlessly lived up to every single requirement that God had for our lives. Not only did he flawlessly live up to it, but he said, you know what? You can have my strength. He went to the cross and he said, my life will be a sacrifice for theirs. And so where you and I fall short, Jesus lived up to the standard. And that's why wisdom is not about a set of practices. It's about a person. We live those practices out to protect Jesus in our hearts. And I guess maybe the best picture of this comes out of the very one who wrote these words. King Solomon. See, he was full of wisdom, full of wisdom. First Kings chapter 4 says that they think around 3,000 proverbs could be attributed to Solomon. And he knew seemingly everything about everything. And yet, as his life went on, things took a turn. I mean, I sit there and I think if I had all that wisdom and I knew all that stuff, I'd be so squeaky clean and invincible and flawless. Not so. 1 Kings chapter 11. Listen to what happened to King Solomon. King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, the one he was married to. He loved Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will, listen to this, they will surely turn your hearts 
after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives. Okay, listen, I know Solomon was like the wisest person to ever walk the earth, but I know this. That is, 700 wives is not a very wise move, Solomon. 700 wives and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives, and here's the tragedy, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God. You want to know why you live out everything? You strive to live out everything that Solomon talked about in verses 24, 25, 26, and 27? To protect the one in your heart, the Lord your God. And so these ideas, the idea that wisdom is not something already living within, we have to let it in, that whatever we let in, we will live out, and that wisdom is not about a set of practices, it's about a person, I think it all points to one resolution that we need as we walk through 2017, and it's simply this, you let Jesus in and you keep a look out. When it comes to your heart, you let Jesus in and then you keep a look out with everything else. And now I read that, and I, I normally try to find like some example, some story of how that looks, but I want to talk about your story. I want to talk about your story, because maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian, and that's okay. But let me ask you, are, are you walking through some pain and suffering that's the result of trying to do things your way? It feels as bad as stepping on Legos, I promise. Maybe for you, the decision is just for the first time to let Jesus in because he's knocking, but he will not force his way in. He won't do it. Or maybe your story is similar to mine, that years ago or months ago, whenever it was, but years ago, I asked Jesus into my heart. The problem is I let everything else into my heart as well. And I didn't do a very nice job of keeping a lookout. And once Jesus is in your heart, if you'll let him he will give you the strength to keep a lookout. And the end result, the end result, when you let Jesus in and you keep a lookout, is that you will live him out. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to mark my 2017 and my life and every single moment. And so, regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, starting next week, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. Thomas mentioned the series coming up, Up. And it's going to talk about letting Jesus in and how do we keep a lookout so that he and he alone is directing our lives. Let Jesus in, keep a lookout, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you that you are a God who is so full of mercy and grace that you looked at us and said, you know what? They fall short and so I'm gonna help. Not they fall short and I'm gonna punish them, but they fall short and I'm going to help. And so you sent your son to take our punishment for not living up to your standard so that we may now live just your abundant life. And so, Lord, we pray. We pray right now that if we've been resisting letting him in, soften our hearts, Lord. Soften our hearts. You've appointed that time. So show each of us in here 
And if there's somebody in here who wants to make that decision, then Lord, um, we pray. You pray that you will guide it. Put a person in front of them to pray that prayer with them. But for many of us, Lord, it's just been we've let so many other things in. And so, Lord, show us. Show us what those areas are. Whether it's what we hear, what we see, what we talk about, where our feet take us. Show us. Show us where maybe we're not protecting and give us your strength. Protect our hearts for us so that what flows out is so fruitful, not just for us, but for every single person we come across. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for coming. We'll see you next week.